Hi, everybody. Leanne Maxwell here with Panther City Partners Podcast. I'm so excited that you're back today to listen to some more tips and uh, ideas that I have and strategies for life's transitions. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Last week, we started talking about um, some different study skills and some study strategies and tips, just a little... um, information for new college students. Now, as I said before, this information can be used for anybody. Um, Last week was time management, and we talked all about how you can use some different resources on the front end of a semester to organize yourself, and then weekly you keep up with that organization of your time, and that can really help you get through to the end of the semester. So we talked about using a weekly time management worksheet and then the the semester at a glance calendar where you put in all of your due dates um, for the whole semester. Now, in addition to that, we, um, I'm trying to keep track of some other things over here on my computer and my computer keeps doing weird things. So I'm sorry, my focus is now here. (laughs) Um, live podcasting y'all. It's so much fun. So last week we talked about how you put all of your weekly events on your time management worksheet. And that's where you get, once you have your for sure set in stone events, then you can go back in and kind of see what your available time looks like. And that will that's where you can put in your to-do items and your study items. Um, a question that I always get is, how do I actually study for college? Um, and I find this question both interesting and very understandable because I feel like while I definitely think that every grade level and every school is doing the best they possibly can to prepare you for the next grade level. I never believe that, oh, those fifth grade teachers didn't prepare you to be in sixth grade. They did the best they can. They are elementary school teachers preparing you to go to a completely different school where the structure is different. You go from being in maybe a self-contained or just switching between one or two teachers in elementary school to going to a school where you have a different classroom for six or seven periods every single day. And you go from having all of your materials in your classroom in the uh, the elementary to going to having your materials in your backpack or in a locker. And there's just, there's a lot of stuff that you can't know as a fifth grader until you get to sixth grade. And there's a lot of things that a fifth grade teacher cannot teach you until you, because they, it's so theoretical to you. It's just out there. It's like, this is going to happen one day. You will have a locker and you will go to the locker and get all your stuff between classes. But until you have moved from being a fifth grader to being a sixth grader and are actually in that situation of having to go to your locker between every class, there's nothing your teacher could have said to make you understand it. So this is really important for me to make sure that my listeners realize that I am in no way, shape, or form saying that students are not prepared for college. I think students are prepared for college as best they possibly can be. But the college structure is so different from the K through 12 structure 
and even the K through 12, kindergarten through 12th grade structure is different at every grade level in school, that it's really kind of an abstract theoretical idea until you actually show up to campus on that first day of class and realize what it looks like. So the tips and tricks that I like to give students for studying for their college classes are probably not that much different than what their high school teachers told them, if they're different at all. But the students are having to use them in a completely different way because now the college student is in charge of their own learning. So for those of you who are listening who are college students, high school was amazing. It was fun. You got to do all these cool things. And your teacher was responsible for your learning. The teacher was the one who was constantly asking you, do you understand it? Did you get it? If you don't, let me try to explain it to you this way. Remember, there's a test coming up. Remember, you have a paper due. Remember, your outline for your speech is due today, but you don't actually have to give your speech until next week. They're constantly reminding you all of the things that you need to get done, and they're trying so hard to to impart information to you in new and exciting in different ways so that every student understands, no matter their learning style, no matter their learning differences. And then you go to college. And again, college is wonderful and it's exciting and it's fun and you're learning all these different things. Your professors have a different concept about how to teach a class. It is not wrong and it is not bad. It is just different from what your K through 12, especially your high school teachers were doing. Most of the time, your professors are teaching two to four classes a semester. In addition to that, they're doing research in their focus of study or their area of study. They might be running labs and scientific experiments. They might be doing um, writing papers and attending conferences and presenting their work. So whereas your high school teacher, their main job was being a teacher, your college professor, teaching is a piece of their job. It is not the entire job. So while they are very knowledgeable in their um, area of study, and while some of them are excellent teachers, it's not the main focus typically of their job. So when you understand that, that high school teachers and college professors have a different focus of their job that can help you realize that you now are in charge of your learning. And when you are in charge of your learning, that means you can't always depend on someone else to make sure you get it. You have to make sure you get it. And that can look different for different people. So the first thing that I like to talk about with my students when they're transitioning to college is the study cycle. Now, this is another uh, another resource, uh, a consumable, a piece of paper that I like to give to my students. And it says the study cycle across the top. I have adapted it from the Center of Academic Services at TCU. Um, I have used some of their formatting, but I've kind of changed some of the wording on it. So it's a circle in the middle that looks like... Um, uh, everything you, you keep doing, everything is the same things over and over again. So the first quadrant says preview. Now, this is where before you go to class, and this is one that always shocks people, I should do something before I show up to class. Yes, you should do something before you show up to class. First of all, you should have done the reading that your professor assigned before you go to class because they want you to be able to talk about it once you arrive in class. But in addition to that, 
right before you go in class, you kind of want to get yourself in the mindset to be in that class. If you've ever seen an athlete right before they go on the field, right before they take this the field or a, a performer right before they step on the stage, take a moment to collect themselves and get in their headspace that what they're about to do. I'm about to go on the soccer field. I am about to take the stage. I am about to sing in front of a large group of people. Teachers often do this. I am about to step in front of a group of people and impart knowledge to them. So there is no reason why a student shouldn't have the same moment before class. Take about 10, five to 10 minutes and look at your notes from the last time you were in class. This will help get you in the right mindset to learn this new material but it will remind you what you did last time in class. Now, this is really important because unlike high school, you do not attend your college classes every single day, five days a week. Sometimes they're three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes they're two days a week, Tuesday, Thursday. And sometimes you show up to class once a week for three hours. And if you preview what you did the previous time you were in class, right before you start your new class, that helps get you back in that mindset of, oh, this is what we were learning. Oh, this is what this class is going to be about. If I understand or I understood what was happening last time, I am more prepared to understand what's going to be happening today. So preview your material. This can be done when you arrive to class, you sit down and you're getting your notebook out to take notes, read back through the notes you took last time, pull up your computer, get it to the page where you take your notes, but read through the notes you took last time. Some professors go so far as to give you the slides in advance of class. So you could read through all those slides before you even show up to class. That's a great way to get you in the frame of mind for this class. The next thing that you do is you attend class. Shocking. When you're in college, it's a really good idea to attend class, even if your professor doesn't take attendance every day. I know that sounds crazy, but you'd you'd really probably be surprised the number of students I have to remind that just because your professor doesn't take attendance doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. So attend class every day. Every time that class is open, you should be there even if your professor says that it's an optional class because it makes a big impression on your professor, but it also makes a big difference in your learning if you are there every single day. While you're in class, you want to take meaningful notes. Now, notes look different for different people. And as I said in my previous show about time management, if something is working for you, please, by all means, keep doing it. But if it's not working for you, it might be a good time to make some changes. Note-taking is one of those places. I remember I had a professor, or not a professor, a high school teacher who would write all of the notes on the board before I showed up for class, which as a student was wonderful because all I had to do was go in and copy the notes down. But it didn't totally prepare me for what I was going to be doing once I got to college when I had a professor who would show a slide that had like seven words on it and then talk for 10 minutes about that one slide. Now, I had to figure out what I was going to write for all the notes. So 
thinking about that, now I know there's a lot of good programs in high schools. There's one program called AVID that I know lots of students um, participate in in Fort Worth ISD. And it's a great program because it teaches you some of these skills. But one of the skills they teach you is how to take Cornell notes. Now, Cornell notes are a very specific type of note taking. And what you do is you take a piece of notebook paper and you scoot over like about two inches. When you're looking at it, you scoot over about two inches from the left margin and you put a line down your page. So you, what you're trying to do is you're leaving yourself some space to come back to later. And then on the rest of the page, ignore the margin on the right-hand side. You just take the notes that you would normally take, writing down key facts, writing down um, lists. You know, when a professor says something more than once, that's usually a pretty good indication that you need to write that down. If you're taking a history class, you might need to write down dates and not just the date, but the significance of that date. So you're going to use that side of the paper to write down all those things. Then at the very bottom, you give yourself just a little bit of room. So at the bottom, after you have taken your notes, oh, and here's another tip. You should always put the date at the top of your notes because you want to be able to come back to your notes um, and look them up by date. That's just a little thing, but put the date on the top of your notes. So you want to put at the bottom after you've taken your class notes, you want to put a little summary of that day's page. And then you have this side over here where you can come back to later and add more information. You can add questions, but you can add your textbook notes there. Um, this just gives you a little more space to go add stuff in later. Rather than taking your notes from the left margin all the way over to the right-hand margin, giving yourself that little bit of space next to the left-hand margin gives you more space to add information back later. Because the thing about taking notes is you should go back and look at them later. So you've previewed for your class. Um, you've looked at the notes from the previous session or you've looked at the, the PowerPoint slides that your professor has given you. Now you have attended class and taken notes. So you've seen the material twice but in the preview and in class when you took the notes. Then the next quadrant on this circle of the study cycle is to review your notes. Now, you want to do that as soon as possible after class. So in an ideal world, you would pack up your bag, you would step into the hallway or into the common area of the building that you're in, find a chair, sit down, and get your notes back out and read through them immediately after class. The reason why you want to do this, there's a couple of different reasons. One is the more times you see the material, the more likely you are to remember it. So if you saw it during the preview time and you saw it during class and now you're looking at it again during the review time, you've seen the information three times. So you're so much more likely to remember the information just from doing that alone. The other reason why this is important is because inevitably, when we are taking notes from a professor in a class, we miss something. They talk too fast. They move on before you are ready. They mumble a word. Sometimes our professors have accents that make it a little bit harder for them, for us as English native English speakers to understand. If you're a non-native English speaker and a person is speaking with an English accent or a Texan, Texan accent, come on, y'all. We're not that easy to understand all the time. So there's a multitude of reasons why you may not catch every single word your professor says. And so you might have a blank in your notes. 
But if you review your notes right after class, then a lot of times that information that your professor just said is still in your short-term memory. And so you can jot it down real fast. If it's not still in your short-term memory, you can go ahead and put a question, what did she mean here, in your notes so that you will know immediately that you need to go back and ask your professor or a classmate or a teaching assistant what the professor meant in that section. If you wait until the week before the test or the day before the test to look back at your notes, if you have a question, it's not going to be in your short term or your working memory at that point. And chances are you're not even going to know why you have a question mark in your notes because it will have happened so long ago that you'll have no memory. So reviewing your notes right after class gives you another opportunity to see the material, but it also gives you the opportunity to catch anything you didn't miss so that so catch anything that you did miss so that you can solve that problem as quickly as possible. Because if you miss something in your notes or you didn't understand what your professor was meaning, the sooner you get that confusion cleared up or the sooner you get that um, miss missing information in your notes, the more time you'll have to look at it. The more often you look at the material, the more likely you are to remember it. There was a commercial that used to come on in the 80s, and it was about like a technical school. And it was started with, if you're out of work or looking for work. And it had a whole series of just like different faces saying the same thing. My sister just turned 40. Happy birthday. And I think she still remembers that commercial because she saw it so many times. It's not important. She probably doesn't even remember what the company was, the school was. But she was exposed to that material so many times that she still has it memorized. That tells you a lot about our 80s childhood. We watched a lot of TV back then. The same can be said for the material for your classes. The more you expose yourself to it, the more likely you are to remember it. But as I said before, it's your job now to expose yourself to it. So you have previewed the material before you went to class. You attended class and took meaningful notes. Immediately after class, you reviewed your notes. Now we come to the fourth piece of the study cycle, the fourth quadrant of the study cycle. And this is the reflect session section. Now, the reflect section can mean lots of different things. This can be where you read the material that your professor has assigned to read before you attend class. This can be where you study the material so that you're more prepared, so that you know the information. You can self-test. You can um, do your homework for the class during this reflect time. But you've got to be spending time with the information. So if you only attend class one day a week, and you only do the preview, attend, and review, and you miss this reflect piece, then your chances are you're probably not really learning the information. Therefore, you're probably not prepared for an exam or a quiz or a class in a subsequent semester that counts on you knowing this information. So the reflect piece is really where you do the work of learning the material for the class. There's a couple of different ways to do that. This is the question I get 
So how do I do that? So there's a few different things that I like to do. One is called a concept card. Now, I got this idea from um, College Rules. It's a it's an excellent book on study skills. This is one of the skills from there that I use one of the strategies I use constantly. So it's a lot like just a regular flashcard, but you're going to add more information. So a typical flashcard would have a definition on the front and then, I'm sorry, a term on the front and a definition on the back. And you would look at the term and you would try to remember the definition in your head, say it out loud or say it in your head, and then you flip it over and you look at the definition to make sure you got it right. That is a good way to self-test Okay, that's a great that's a great start. But what we want to do is we want to make your study time in college a little more meaningful and a little more application based. Because as I said before, professors in college aren't expecting you to just read through your notes and take a test over that. They're expecting you to um, remember and apply the information to a novel situation. You can't just do rote memory only. Now, Obviously, some of our classes will have rote memory. Some Something like a history class might at first just want you to remember the dates, but then you need to take it a step further and think about the significance. Why is that date important? Why is that event important in the course of history? So the concept card gives you the opportunity to expand on a definition so that you have more information. So you want to put the term and if you can think of a picture that's going to help you remember that term, um, draw a picture. So like an example is the word prospects. Um, like a prospector you is somebody who searches out information or searches for something, gold, oil. Um, you might draw a pair of glasses because that is a, a picture that makes you think of that term. So if you can below the term draw a picture of some kind, this only has to be helpful to you. Your study materials are for you. So if a pair of glasses helps you think of a prospector, by all means, dry it, draw it. But if the color yellow also makes you think of that, use that instead. This is something that I think a lot of people get tripped up on because sometimes um, teachers tell you that there is this way to remember things. But now that you're in charge of your own learning, you get to decide how you best remember things. And if a picture or a color is a part of that, you remembering this information, please use it. The other thing that you want to do on this first page, this the front of your concept card and underneath the term is you want to write a page number. Now, this is really important because um, this gives you the opportunity, if you can't remember what this was, if you need to know more information than you wrote on your card, you can easily go back to your book or go back, you could write a notes page number, easily go back to that place where you can get more information. The other thing that you want to do is up in the top right-hand corner of your index card, you want to write the larger concept. So often what happens when we are using terms and flashcards is that we think about each term as an individual thing. We think about a cell and we think about a membrane and we think about mitochondria as all separate things. So when you start looking at the larger concept, you're going to want to see, it's important to see how those different things, the cell, the membrane, the mitochondria, they are not separate things. They all go together. They are all interwoven underneath a larger concept. So when you start 
thinking about your terms instead of as individual islands, but as a part of a grouping, then it's going, it's going to make more sense. It's going to be easier to apply the information later because you understand the concepts in terms of a larger concept rather than as individual pieces of information. Now, you've got a lot of information on the front side of your card where you used to just have a term. Now you're going to flip your three by five index card over and you have the back. Now here, you're going to write the definition. You definitely want to have that. You want to have a book definition or your professor's definition, but you also want to have a definition that you understand. Now, definitions for especially really scientific terms can get long and they can feel convoluted. So you want to break that down into something that you understand too. You also, not only that, but you want to have an example. So I'm thinking of like a medical term. I used to, I watch a lot of um, like medical dramas. So if you like Grey's Anatomy and the term on the front of your card is a medical term or a scientific term that you heard them use on Grey's Anatomy, I would write that as my example. Because remember, that is for you to remember this information. Now, you can also write examples that your professor gave you or you found in the book or are examples that that you made up as long as you know that they're correct. So getting an example in there helps to start you seeing that definition as not just an, an individual term, but as part of something larger and seeing how you can apply it. So on the back of the card, you have a definition, you have an example, you could also put an application of that term. So this is where you start to think of a novel setting, a new setting where that, that term comes to life. Because remember, professors aren't just asking for rote memorization. They want you to get the larger concepts. They want to see you to see how everything fits in together. That's one thing that you can do during um, your reflect session of the study cycle. Another thing that you can do is as you're reading your textbook, people find textbook reading incredibly boring. And a lot of times I don't blame you. But one of the things that you can do to make your textbook reading a little more um, useful is to think about the headings and the subheadings and put them into questions and write those questions down on half of a sheet of notebook paper. You want to give yourself a little space because then as you read, you have some motivation to read because you would write the answers in this column on the other half of a half sheet of notebook paper. So you have a piece of notebook paper, you have folded it in half, and then you open it back up so that you can see the, the um, fold line there. On one half, you go through before you read the textbook and you put down questions. And then as you read, you put down the answers. Now, with both the question answer page from the reading and the concept card, what you have done is you have created test prep materials. If you do those things on a weekly basis or a daily basis, then when it gets time to actually study for your test, you don't have to start by making a bunch of flashcards because you will have already made them during your daily and weekly reflect time. Often what happens is people will say, oh, I've got a test tomorrow. I'm going to make flashcards. Well, if your test is tomorrow and you're making your flashcards today, 
it's kind of a little too late. The thing about studying for a test is that you want to review the material that you've already learned. And in, our, and in order for you to have already learned the material, you need to be creating these tools like concept cards and question answer pages and taking really good notes and reading your book in advance of class. You need to have done all of that before it's time to study for a test. The study cycle Really, when you use these skills that are involved with the study cycle, previewing the material before you go to class, attending class and taking meaningful notes, reviewing the notes you just took as soon as possible after class, and then reflecting on learning the material each day and each week, when you do those things in in conjunction, you will get more out of your classes you will then be in charge of your own learning and you will take responsibility for learning this material. Always within that reflect section, within the attend class, within the review, if you don't understand something, please, by all means, go to see your professor or a teaching assistant, somebody who has, go directly to the source. But if you're understanding the material, this gives you an opportunity to spend more time with the material so that you can be prepared for those tests. You've learned it in advance. You've seen it enough times so that now you know it and you can apply it once it gets time for you to take an exam. And you can know it once it's time for you to apply it in another class or in the workforce once you get out of school. The study cycle is just another one of those tools that is a really helpful tool for students who are transitioning off to college. The same could be used for students who are younger, too. This is just a way for us to kind of conceptualize those ideas that seem so theoretical and so like, oh, that's just something I'll have to do one day. Now, when you're in college, you actually have to get it done. So this is a great way to do it. Remember that these skills that you're learning as a college student are not just skills for you to use during college. They're skills for you to use beyond. So once you get out into the workforce, you may have to think of some kind of um, modified study cycle that you use on your job. No matter what your job is, you're still going to be expected to learn new information, reflect on that information, remember it, and apply it to novel situations. So if you learn this skill in the, in the, in the college years, you'll be more prepared for later in life. Whew, that was a lot of information. Um, I could really talk about this for hours because this is what I like to do. I am not an expert in any one subject, I wouldn't say, but I am an expert in the process of learning the information. So if that's something that interests you or you know a family member or a friend who could benefit from this information, please share this podcast with them. Follow me on Instagram, Panther City Partners. Um, Reach out to me through my website or through my email address. Um, I'm so excited to have this community here where I can share this information and I can get this information out to multiple people. Like I said before, none of this is like rocket science, but it's something that a lot of people haven't sat down and thought about. College is one of those times in life that takes a lot of work, but if you do that work on the front end, you'll be so much more successful later on. 
Thanks everybody for listening. I really appreciate your time. Remember to download the podcast, listen, share, rate us on your podcast apps. Um, Check out the website, panthercitypartners.com for more information on me and what I do. I'm Leanne Maxwell. This is Panther City Partners. Remember the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Thank you.